0: AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. It is a post-Vikings day. That means Michael Broadcorp, our political guy from the right, usually joins us to talk about Vikings football as well as a little bit of politics as well. Michael, let's just begin with this one. This is a weird game we won yesterday.
1: I have to tell you, my friend, it was bizarre. for, For those that don't follow me on social media, I was driving back from Iowa During the game, a family fell asleep halfway during the first quarter. They did not wake up until the final few minutes of the fourth quarter. That entire game, I had to bite my lip, not make a peep because they were sleeping. It was the most bonkers game I've ever listened to and have experienced as a Vikings fan. And I've seen a lot. I've seen the Vikings get blown out. I was there when the Vikings came back. With more points than everyone else, uh, yesterday's game was simply amazing to listen to.
0: I'm more than a few people. Patrick texted me right away. He's like, I can't even believe that game. Uh, okay, so for everyone up there, to catch everyone up to date. So the, what happened is, of course, Kirk Cousins, uh, the, 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 uh, he has the Achilles injury, so he's had the surgery. He's gone for the rest of the season. We have a backup, a BYU quarterback named Jaron Hall, who goes in. He's our starter. We traded earlier this week for the backup quarterback from Arizona, Joshua Dobbs. We have him on the bench. Apparently, he hasn't learned anything about the system. He's basically very green in the Minnesota system. Jaron Hall goes out there. Let's quickly talk about him because – Although he went out with a concussion hit, um, he was looking. He was five for six. His quarterback rating was one eighteen. I'm like, okay, maybe we got some gold here.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was he was involved in two series. Uh, he distributed the ball well. Uh, completed five of six passes for seventy eight yards. He had a big forty seven yard pass to Alexander Madison yep. um, and set up a, a you know a kind of a, a first and goal situation. But as others have noted that's where uh things went downhill very quickly
0: he comes on out and I question for you and you saw i don't know if you've seen the video replay of it because you were driving when you did i don't think the atlanta guy was trying to hit him in the head uh it was a helmet to helmet hit that really knocked him out and of course with if you're knocked out in the field you're gone for concussion protocol uh i did you see the video did you, did you think the atlanta I did guy did see the video uh, uh,
1: I did see the video, and I'm in agreement agree with you. I, you know, I, I just don't think um, that that was intentional, not to say that it doesn't happen in the league, but I viewed it the same way that, that, you, that you did it, and I don't think it was intentional, but it's, he certainly got his bell rung.
0: So as they cracked open the special export on the Minnesota sidelines at this point,
1: right. they
0: passed the board. The clipboard goes to Joshua Dobbs, who does one of the most amazing performances I've ever seen. For a guy that did not know the playbook, hardly knew any of the plays, hardly knew any of the names of the coaches or the players, he goes on out there. He's 24-30. His quarterback rating is 101.8, and he leads the Vikings to a 31-28 victory at Atlanta the most improbable victory I think I've ever seen the Vikings ever get.
1: You're spot on. If you it, just to be consistent with where we're at, we had discussed earlier this earlier this season that the Tampa Bay game was a game that the Vikings should have won, and that they needed to win some games. They were losing some opportunities to win, to, to running out of some real estate and, and some flexibility to lose some games. Yesterday was a big surprise, and, and I, I think. People were cautiously optimistic. There was certainly an opportunity for the Vikings to win coming into the game. The Falcons are just not a good team. No, they're not. But boy, oh boy, I don't want to take anything away from Josh Jobs. It was remarkable what he did. I will say to you, probably the most impressive play by the Vikings yesterday and by Josh Jobs was the two-point conversion. Yes. Uh, We have not – I think we've tried one once this season – um, and he was able to pull it off. And as I was listening to the play-by-play coverage, you know, they were discussing that it was very likely, very unlikely that any time was spent getting into you know those type of plays when this guy's only been around for five games. And so for the Vikings, for Dobbs to be able to get that two-point conversion, which tied the game, I believe at that point, really. Led me, on the car ride back, say I myself, there's a real opportunity they can do this today.
0: That they could, and he scrambles out to the right. The pocket collapses, he scrambles out to the right, and he, you're right. That was literally, all you receivers, go out. That, that was it. And um, the pass he made, and here's another very good sign about Joshua Dobbs, that pass for the two-point conversion was Pristine. That was a Kirk yeah. Cousins pass. That was on the numbers in his spot. The only place I could get it was the Viking, and it was as he's falling to the ground, placed perfectly. That was a very solid pass.
1: It was. It was great. And you mentioned Kirk Cousins, and I just want to say something very briefly. Yeah, I know I've been you know somewhat hard on him over the, over the last you know year or so in talking with you, but you know there's been some amazing videos that have come out this week of, of Kirk Cousins. You know, reading fan letters. Yes. Uh, him showing up on the side. You know, showing up. Uh, you know, day, a day or so after surgery, signing autographs. This guy. Uh, uh, obviously, he wasn't there down in 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 Atlanta yesterday. But Kirk Cousins has shown tremendous heart, tremendous dedication, and has and has shown a tremendous sense of vulnerability, and his continued commitment to not only the Vikings but the state of Minnesota. And I just wanted to take a second just to acknowledge. It's got. I can't imagine what he's going through, but he seems he seems to be uh, such, showing such a human side of himself that I think is really endearing himself more and more to the Minnesota Vikings fan base, even though he's not on the field throwing balls like we all want him to be.
0: Yeah, at that fan fest out there signing autographs as he's on the cast mobile. Um, that was yeah. You know, that was his. You know he, he's. He clearly wants to stay here. He clearly wants a contract here. It, you know, his situation is somewhat tragic. You know, you, you come off an injury like this. There's definitely not going to be the interest in other teams to there. But it seems like he knows that he wants to come back, and he's doing the things he needs to do to show the community that you know what? No, I'm committed here. Which you're right. I mean, there's been some really nice videos of him this week.
1: And we discussed. You and I discussed that scenario I believe last week, which is what happens to cousins. Mm-hmm. And I think that you and I came to the conclusion and I don't know that, you know, Vikings management and leadership is, is, is listening to our discussions and is going to take it into account. <laughs> but I think you and I both came to the conclusion that if there, if there's an opportunity for him to play somewhere, it was likely going to be Minnesota. And I think what he's doing is sincere. I think it's, it's, it's sincere. It's also showing a commitment to the Vikings it would not surprise me if he was picked up for another year um, because of his commitment to this team. And, and we'll see what happens. But, boy, oh, boy, what a great victory yesterday for the Vikings. And to think, Matt, the Vikings are 5-4. and four. they yes. got a playoff spot right now.
0: Yes, they are. They're the 17. Uh, Taylor uh, Heineke, the uh, quarterback for the Falcons, his quarterback rating was 75.3. So, you know, we ended up getting better into that deal. I want your thoughts, though, on, okay, so you go into these games, if you're the Atlanta Falcons, you're going into this game, you know, initially until Cousins gets hurt last week, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I've got a pocket passer who throws with accuracy and he can throw with with power. Well, that changes, okay, what do we know about Jaron Hall? Okay, he's a slightly mullable quarterback, but he's a rookie, he's not going to be doing that much. Then comes in Joshua Dobbs. A lot of Atlanta's failures yesterday seem to encompass around the idea they did not have any game game plan in place. And this is not a criticism of them because, you know, this is the third, you know, the, this is the the third quarterback in 2 weeks for them. But they did not have a game plan in place for a scrambling quarterback and Joshua Dobbs has enough experience to where he saw some, you know, there there were some lanes that opened up, and he he got a touchdown on one of them. He got first downs on some of them. He he became a weapon himself, and there was no one. The Atlantic defensive game plan had no one to basically keep an eye on a running quarterback like Joshua Dobbs. That definitely played into our our, our win yesterday.
1: I would agree with you, and I think that they were you know, Atlanta not a great team, but but. Obviously, planning, you know, a couple of weeks ago, planning for Cousins to be there and then to have that change. The Vikings were able to throw, I think, enough curveballs into that game, uh, baseball reference into football, but they were nice. able to throw enough curveballs into that game where, where Dobbs was able to just throw off uh, the uh, Atlanta defense. And it was a great game. It was exciting to listen to. You know, there were a number of opportunities, I think, for, you know, some some bad plays by the Vikings in terms of, you know, uh, fumbles and also, you know, interception opportunities that, that you know, kind of went through the hand. There's a lot that the Vikings still need to work on. But coming out of Atlanta with a W under the circumstances that this team is in and encountered and being 5-4 and four is simply remarkable.
0: Yeah. Which brings up the interesting question. Okay, you got the Saints in town next week uh, on Sunday. You've got a. The question here is: I guarantee you, the Saints are going to have a game plan to factor in a you know a Tavares Jackson. Now, I'm not saying Dobbs is Tavares Jackson. He's a very good scrambler, but a scrambling quarterback. You're going to have a. You're going to have a floating linebacker, basically keeping an eye on him. If you're the Vikings and Jaron Hall clears concussion protocol. Considering this, you've got a tag team here. And you and I yeah. have talked about what do we do? We were we were saying go through these first two games, see what we got. We got a quarterback with a 101.8 rating, a quarterback with a 118.8 rating, granted, limited limited evaluation here. But I don't have any problem with, you know, either changing out series or even changing out on 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 individual plays starting to switch these quarterbacks around and really start getting some defenses some fits because this could end up being a good formula to go forward that band-aid you and I were talking about last week
1: Oh absolutely this you know there is a real opportunity for the Vikings now to 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 get a good in these in these games I mean they have I mean they have 8 games left there's a real opportunity for the Vikings to first of all I think they're in a position where they could easily win Six, six, seven—all of their remaining games. That's not off the radar screen. I think it's a high bar, but there certainly is a scenario where they could see that happen. And with the multiple quarterbacks they have now, there's there's some real estate for them to to develop both of those quarterbacks and see where to go. I will say to you that I think Dobbs showed, I think more, just from what I wa- listened to on the car ride back and what I. Saw on TV. I think he showed more stability, more um, comfort on the field, and so I do think that Dobbs is is likely. I don't think this has been announced. Here, probably is would likely be the starter yes. for Sunday. Um, but I think they've got some options here, and why not take advantage of the opportunity that they that they have? Okay. Oh, yeah. they're five and four. They're in a playoff position. And they have a very I would say the softest part of their schedule. And there's opportunities for them to still make the playoffs. And if they win a couple games, particularly with Detroit, which is not an easy task, Vikings could still win the division. They're only two games they're two games out of first place in the NFC North and they still have two games against the Lions who are in leading the division.
0: No, and, and, you know, you, you look at this, and first of all, we have to mention the Hall has to clear concussion protocol. He, he might not Correct. even be available okay. at that point, so we, we have to see how he does. Uh, but I agree with you, Dobbs is, I think, is gonna be the guy there. I mean, if he does clear it, you are going to create some fits, especially with some of these teams. Here's your problem. Now, hey, I love, I love romancing the schedule like anyone else. At the Bengals on twelve seventeen, <laughs> at the Lions January seventh, those would be big asks. Uh, I'm, I'm also a little concerned about that at the Raiders game on the tenth of December. But I mean, I think that they. I'm right now. If this isn't a fluke, if this is, if this is not just a a, a vision, there's a you know a mist. If there is actually something there, I see the Vikings making the playoffs this time.
1: Correct, and I just want to be clear. I think. I think. Eight, and eight. I think going out is not is, is a tough bill of sale. I don't want to over romance the schedule as you said. I do think, as I said, winning six, maybe winning five. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're sitting in a situation where the Vikings win, you know, six, five or six of their last games. I mean, that is that puts them in the playoffs. Yep, that puts them in a position to win. And and where we were, Matt, a couple weeks ago, where we were zero three, and where we are today. <laughs> Is quite remarkable. The Vikings have won four games in a row, and that is the best in uh, the NFC. Uh, uh, yeah, the Vikings are the only team in the NFC that have won four games in a row, and their second. The Ravens have won four in a row in the AFC, and the Jaguars have won uh, five in a row. And so, the Vikings in the NFC. Nobody's. There is no hotter team right now in the NFC. In terms of the last four games in the Minnesota Vikings, yep, and it, who would have thought that three weeks ago, no, four weeks ago?
0: I agree with you. There was a two weeks ago. There was a lot more people going to church than usual, and now that's I think, right. I, think I, I think that this is a it's a very interesting thing. It's, it's it's definitely going to end up being one of the more fascinating seasons. And I hope there's someone a documentarian crew that's following them around because there's going to be a movie after this. I guarantee it. Uh, that's going to be one if,
1: last point. Sure, I want to make about Dobbs is. He's an aerospace engineer, and I think we would be remiss in saying that the current quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings uh, went to the University of Tennessee and he majored in aerospace engineer. I mean, that is – we literally have potentially a rocket scientist as our quarterback.
0: That's – that's the, I'll take I, I like the brainy guys. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. All right. Yeah. We'll check in with you. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll talk to you about that because I, we might have to talk next Tuesday. I'll get to I'll talk to you about that uh, in a little bit. But one thing I want to ask you here before, since I got your political mind here as well, uh, election day tomorrow, mainly school boards, city council races, anything out there that's uh, really on your your radar right now that you're paying attention to?
1: Yeah, you know, I'll be curious what happens in, in in the school board races. I think they've got a lot of attention this cycle, and I think that's where the the races are going. I think where the races are going to be focused on. I think is the school board races. I think nationally, uh, we'll see what happens, but I think right now in Minnesota, I think the real fight is over some school board elections. Which you know, I'm, you know, I encourage everyone to vote Democrat, Republican, Independent. Make sure you vote. One of the things that I think has been interesting this year. Uh, And we can obviously disagree about the information that's out there and what perspective it is. But what there's certainly been much more of an enhanced awareness in school board elections. And that's good to see school board elections are a down ballot race in, in other years. And it's good to see that level of enthusiasm and interest, despite sometimes the political agendas on both sides, but that they're getting that attention and we're getting, those type of discussions. And it's just good to see.
0: Well, and I'll make the point too: city council races, school board races. They f- affect you far more than really presidential elections do. This is your day to day, your roads, your sewer, your water. These are things you need you know, every day. And I think that there's I, I, I'm, I'm glad that these races are becoming more popular. And we're actually, in Minnesota. We get good turnouts for them because these are the ones that really are your bread and butter as far as your day to day life.
1: You're absolutely correct, and let's not forget, Matt, that election day is tomorrow. So make sure everybody votes. Yep. But after that, we're going to have a special election in uh, a special election in, in Egan, and uh, you know it's a good it's a good DFL seat. But there's going to be a special election in Egan, so uh, that primary is coming up. And, and uh, there's even after election day, once again, we're going to have some other election business to talk about uh, in in my local area, along with Vikings coverage.
0: I think you're going to have some things to talk about in the Minneapolis City Council race tomorrow. I'll just, I'll just say, I just think, right,
1: I'll <laughs> add this to my watch list. <laughs> well, you
0: know, thank you. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Michael Broadcorp, once again, uh, the politics. We'll get the list of the podcast a little bit down, uh, later on, as well as also we'll check in you ne- with you next week about the Viking Saints, as well as, as, once again, there's bright sunshine on what was at one time a cloudy day. Michael, thank you very much. I
1: appreciate the time. Thank you as all through let's keep up our good luck.
0: Yeah, let's well, hopefully hopefully. Uh we'll take a break wrap up the show when we do return it's the Matt McNeil show right here on AM 950.
1: Let's win this game.